Welcome in, welcome in, welcome once again to the newest edition of Three In, Three Out, the most unique Seahawks podcast out there in the multiverse. I am your host, Clinton Bonner. Please come out and find me on Twitter, at Clinton Bond. Give a follow, give a tweet, come say hello. We'd love to see you out there. I am joined by the one, the only, the great Brandon Schultz. Find him out on Twitter, at Seahawkers Pod. And we are now entering Sheesh Brandon. We're now... We're now in unfamiliar territory, is, is I think the best way to say it, right? We're going into week 11. We are three and six. It's uh, icky and yucky and disgusting to say. And we're gotta, we gotta, but we got a job to do, right? We've, we've got to get up. We got to get up to get down here is basically what it boils down to. We got to get up, got to get up to get down. And after a day and a half or so to digest what was really a, a Jekyll and Hyde type affair, how are you feeling on your your Tuesday morning? We ha- we had to give ourselves an extra day. We were I don't think we were I don't think we were mentally ready to say you know what we're ready to talk about this. We were the Michael Scott like I'm ready to be heard again. We weren't quite there. It's Tuesday a.m. How are you now doing on an early early Tuesday a.m. for you? Oh wait, we're so we were supposed to wait until we are ready to talk about this game before we're because <laughs> I, I I guess I wasn't I wasn't thinking that I was all that ready to talk about it. But here we are. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a fair point. I think this is more of a, a bandaid rip than uh, than anything else. And 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 what's the what's the best what's the best way to get a bandaid off there, Brandon? I think you just have to go at it. Although you know, if you're my kid, if you were to ask my kids, it's it's take a little bit off at a time, move it just a little bit, and I I just I that's a rough way to take off a bandaid. I yeah, I try you and know. I'm guilty as charged though too. Like same same thing. Like jumping in a pool, you know, people just just cannonball in there, and I'm I'm just tippy toeing in. I'm like taking a bandaid off. I'm peeling it off. I'm like getting a little soapiness on it. Like uh, I'm uh, pretty much I'm, <clears throat> what I'm trying to say, Brandon. Is I'm a big wuss. Is what it boils down to. But and that's why we're recording one day later than normal. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, all all, all that. Uh, all right, but we do have a job to do. We, it is three in three out, so we're gonna move through the sober yin, the raging yang. I'm kind of tired of saying, believe me, there's good things to talk about. However, that's the format of the show. There, there, there are good things to talk about. There are some macro things, some nooks and crannies. We'll get into, we'll get into all of it already. I guess before we do start, any any major, major wave things you wanna you wanna, you know, air the airing of grievances about about the game or how you're feeling before we do dive into the natural threes, the ins and the outs. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that you didn't know because we didn't discuss this beforehand. I'm glad you right. didn't go to that idea of the Seahawks get shut out. So we go with six outs that to me, I, I wouldn't have been able to make it. And I'm just glad we have that understanding that we're not doing that. Yeah. And I did see that come, you know, came up on Twitter. It came up in, in the discord. People are like, wait a second. Is this, you know, you made the rule during the preseason that if, if we get a shutout win, it's all ins. Does that mean we're into all out territory? So the good people of Earth here and the Seahawks fans across the multiverse, the answer is no. We will never do that. Um, I just won't do it. <laughs> I just I just I just won't do it. And and Brandon, I don't think you want to do it either. I, I can't well, operate oh, that way. I have to I have to get through some good to get to the bad. Yep, you gotta get up to get down. Like we said, it's it's definitely a uh not ski low, it's a coolio, it's a coolio episode here. So you know, I do wish I was a little bit taller. I wish we were ballers the whole thing. Already. Now it's a Skilo episode too. Yeah, it's 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 a jamboree. Let's let's be. It's a cornucopia of amazing '90s hip hop artists. So with that, let's hit the darn whammy. Let's get to that first out because we got a job to do. 
All right, all right. Well, you know, we are starting with an out. And for the sixth time out of nine games, that's ugly. We're starting with an out. Um, this, this is the rump shaker out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nice. Very, very nice. That That's fantastic. Well, well placed. Um, I'm excited to see what the next two are because that, that, that'll at least make the outs a little bit more palpable. Um, all right. So I'm going to hit you with, with a little numerology there, Brandon. Um, question for you. If I say the number 10, does anything come to mind for you? 10. Uh, 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 Tommy boy. <laughs> I like that. That sure, sure. I'll, I'll give you an and. Where I want to go with this is um, Alex Collins had ten attempts rushing the ball. He ten. did. So, I, so I want to look at a couple of things. That was not a, a perfect more, ten. Not a perfect. Not yeah. Not not the Bo Derek perfect ten exactly. Emerging from the water, she was like in her late thirties in that in that movie. By the way, which is just my wait my in Tommy mind. Boy or in yeah or in ten in Tommy Boy. She's like she's still in her but still it's like. Looking back, I when I was a younger man, I was like, "Oh, there's some you know beautiful lady, Bo Derek, thinking she's in her forties, fifties." You know what? If you were to ask me, I would have said fifty. Right. I think she's like thirty eight. Then it's just people age differently nowadays. They got the TB twelve, the whole thing already, right? So it's all good. It's all it's all good. With that, what's not all good is I have a couple more questions for you as we get into this. Did you happen to see how the Patriots' offense with a rookie quarterback operated against the Browns on Sunday? Gosh, you know, I you're at, throwing these questions at me and I'm trying to think of 90s hip hop references to add to the other outs now. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll I'll seed this one with they ran the darn ball at will with Ramondre Stevenson. You know, not even not even Harris who was out with a concussion. Stevenson's a very nice back and the whole thing already. They so Mac Jones had it was able to do whatever he wanted to because they ran the ball with you're great comparing efficacy. Russell Wilson to a rookie quarterback out of well this uh, is my I have another one here uh, this is my point my point is second I'm sure you watched some of the Niners game last night did you watch that yeah, yeah okay how did the Niners you know operate versus uh you know uh, the, the superstar studded can't beat Rams team how how'd, how'd they move the yeah ball? the 49ers are all about running the ball that's Shanahan's MO and and how'd they look how, how do they and then how did Jimmy G look when they had success running the ball makes it a lot easier for him to complete passes. But again, yeah, looked, you can't compare Russell Wilson to Jimmy G. Well, that's the thing, right? That's that's the entire premise of this out is you're exactly right. Now, I know he's injured. And we, you know, we could talk about that a little bit, meaning uh, Russ is still injured. It's quite evident. That's okay. Running the ball 10 times with Alex Collins when that was some of the most effective things we've done. I don't want to say all the most effective, but some of the most effective was just, it just does not compute. And then specifically, because we like to dive into a little bit more things with a bit more granularity on three and three out, it was the drive that ends in Russ's first pick, where it actually became the a great balanced drive, and Collins is getting his touches and motoring for either first downs or getting it to third and two, and they're just the probably the best drive of the game, right? So it's three nothing at that time. We get down to the twelve yard line, and it's pass, pass, pass. With the interception on the on the on that third pass, a bad throw. Russ did not play a good game. Just call it what it is. However, what are we doing? Not giving an injured QB who clearly can't go deep like he like he usually wants to. I think it also affected his velocity on those balls. Um, what are we doing? Not helping him. What are we doing? Running Alex Collins only ten times in that game. That to me is just glaring, glaring, and it was. It was as 
as glaring as it could be on that that drive where, where we got to the 12 yard line, decided to stop doing what was working. No, so. I, I think there's something to be said about not running the ball enough. I don't know if I put Russell Wilson as a factor that much in it, because when you say velocity, I saw a really nice velocity on a throw, a, kind of a short throw to DK Metcalf. That was kind of that inside slant that he just, you know, he just throws it a little bit behind him. And I know we want to say that, oh, if Russ were healthy, he would have made all these throws. But I've seen him miss throws uh, sure. with, you know, a healthy Russell Wilson. And he didn't miss that many throws. He was a little bit short on a deep ball, which I've seen that in an uninjured Wilson. I saw an overthrow of Tyler Lockett on the sideline. I've seen that with an uninjured Wilson. So I can't put necessarily any of these throws uh, the the bad ones on Russ being injured, I, it makes it's a convenient excuse. Uh, the the other ones to me were decision making ones, and yeah, you can say okay, well that's Rust coming off of uh, being out for a few games. Well, if that's the case, one more game isn't going to help any kind of Rust from coming back from injury. So the dude's got to come back sometime, and I'm I'm just fine with him being back in this one. It it still doesn't forgive the idea that. Going into this game, the the defenses that Packers were showing you, they they were favorable to run the ball more, and they didn't do it. I I I disagree a little bit with Russ. Once he got beyond twenty twenty five yards, it was a it was a matter of accuracy short, accuracy deep, and then I think velocity deep on some of those longer outs and sideline stuff, which were just bizarre that that was the majority of what we what we were doing. Anyway, that's it's, yes, it's that okay. was that was bizarre. It's just it's just the fact that we ran the ball ten times. We talked about this on what if the week you know leading up to the game, saying, "Hey, if the Packers make the same mistake that they did with the Jordan Love game, where they were in a game late with uh, Kansas City, but deciding like, deciding not to run the ball, just letting Jordan Love throw the ball for God knows what reason," I was like, Let, "Hopefully they make that same mistake." They didn't. They ran the ball. They not even that well, but they they got. They wore the team down. Fourth quarter was they, theirs. They screened the heck out of the ball. Yeah, they, you know, that that's that's very true fact. They screened the crap out of it, and, and away it goes. But that's yeah, that to me, Brandon, the, the big first out. It's just it's unacceptable. And and I've, we haven't talked a lot about you know Shane the main brain being the culprit. Um, and it's like, well, you know, Pete mingles too much. I don't know. I get the feeling that if Pete mingled more, we would have ran the ball twenty four times, and yeah. we probably win the freaking game. So yeah. I I just don't know where to lay the blame, but. It sure as heck has got to start with Waldron for me on that one. All right. All right. So let's get over to an end. I really, in general, I thought that Jordan Brooks played a pretty sensational game overall, and I didn't get to want to rewatch all of it. And I know there might be some stuff, especially that screen game stuff that is still driving us bananas. I think Pete said it like, yeah, Pete hey, called, I really would called like, Brooks out for some of the screen stuff. Yeah. I would like, I would like, you know, Brooks to recognize the screen. I agree. On the inside of the column, though, Q1, it's a 0-0 game, 6.30 to go, and we get that big first third and one tackle for a loss from Brooks, which leads to a, a Packers punt. And this was also, I think, yeah, it was after, this was after the, the series where we got a first down, but then we didn't have a first down, and they didn't measure the first down, and we punted away from, you know, from an area on fourth and inches. That was weird. Which was more than weird, crazy frustrating. For as many... and. All the yeah. borderline first down calls that the Packers had, they didn't Which even measure. Separate. They just they just moved the chains. Didn't even decide to measure. It just and so very bizarre. I, I actually want to save that for a second later okay. because there were some other things there. However, to this positive side, Brooks looked like late season last year Brooks, which was fast, 
decisive tackling machine. And on that particular play, he just blows through a gap, does everything right, stands a dude up and makes a great, great tackle for a loss about a yard and a half deep. And they got to pump the ball. He was good. They did that a couple of times. And overall, you know, as you might imagine, most of the ends are going to go, the glory is going to go to the defense. So little love for Brooks and wanting more of that in this sophomore season. That was good. It makes me think about a particular tackle. See, I, I don't want to go toward the fourth quarter tackles that, you know, yeah. A.J. Dillon running it up the middle for touchdowns. Well, you know, I, right. I, because then we're getting into six out territory. So I'm, I'm going to agree <laughs> with you and say, yes, I, I did like this particular play on Jordan Brooks. It was one of those things where if they don't get a tackle for a loss in the situation, if it's fourth and one, they probably go for it here, right. even though right. it's on their side of the field. But the, the Packers will show that, you know, even even they will go for uh, fourth and ones in that situation, which I thought that maybe the Seahawks would have done in that that fourth and inches situation where it was called yeah. just short. Yeah, Jordan Brooks, good good in. Right, we're back on the outside of the ledger. We all, you know, the refs were the refs' decisions were just mind-boggling just didn't make any sense the outs not for the refs because whatever anybody can go complain about the refs they were horrible but and then we compound things right that that we were talking about that russ scrambles he in the first quarter right he clearly gets that first down it's not that close like he's got a half a yard they say it's a first down they take it back they go you know they 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 reverse they reverse it they don't measure it's fourth and inches, and then we don't challenge or like ask for a measure, and we pump the ball away. And it's just a combination for me, Brandon. That's like, okay, I don't get what the refs saw, nor did I don't get it. But how do we not challenge? How do we not say, wait a second, I think he got that one wrong? And then if we're not going to challenge, how do we just not flat out go for it? How do we just not say, you know what, Russ? You know, if it's not you, let's do that. We had that little neat little direct snap later. That was a cool that little play cool. where Russ walks down the line. I think that was a direct snap to Homer. He blasts through. There was things we could do. So combination of not allowing it to happen and not asking for a measure if you can, not throwing the red flag flip, flow, flip phone, and then not going for it. It just, it was cowardly. We, we gave away. It's the first freaking drive. We got to go score points in the road. It was, it was frustrating. Yeah, this is the can't trust it out. Um, yes, the one point I, I agree with Pete not challenging it because it seemed as if we're we're seeing the impact of the the sky judge non sky judge the yeah. the officiating calls coming in from New York and saying do this because that's the only way I think that that happens in that situation is they get the call from New York saying to that he was short and to put the ball back and that it's fourth down I I don't otherwise I don't know how they make that call but. If that is how the call came in, then you can't challenge that because the call, the decision's essentially already been made. And as we know from any kind of officiating, if you question it on borderline calls, they're going with the call on the field. We saw that again with the the interception in the end zone where the, the ball was dropped as the guys go into the ground. And uh, yeah, so that's that's just how it's going to be. And uh, maybe this is this is how it's going to be out. I understand that I did hear about that from you know Pete's presser when he was asked about it. it's like basically if it's if something like that's happening then it's coming in from the eye in the sky in New York and then you're bet you're best not to challenge it because it doesn't stop you from from not going for it though 
Correct. Correct. Then, then just saying, you know what? We can go get three inches here. We can go get four. It's, it's, it's a very gettable thing. And it's, it's just that it's the first drive. It's, it's the mentality. Like where, where are we at? Where are we at as a team now going into next now, week? Okay. Versus- well, the, and so I think the counter to that would be, they didn't have any under center plays in this game. And for, for the reason that you didn't want to pound away on Russell Wilson's finger with the snap. And really, in that situation of uh, the the quarterback sneak would be the way to go uh, in that. Well, and I suppose you, you maybe you just run the homer play a little bit sooner, the direct snap. Right. Yeah. You, you could have done something. They ran it later and, they, and, they, and it worked, you know, and I, and I, I, I get the under center part. And that, that was frustrating because that took away, I think, a good, good chunks of what we could do there as well. So uh, we need to mosey today. So but, the, but to me, that's that's another glaring out. We can all agree. The refs were absolute trash. We're not going to get into some of those other plays, but some of those other plays were uh, just just as egregious and left you head scratching with like, oh, I thought when you fall on top of a ball, that's your recovery. Things like that. You know, normal, normal football rules that seem to not be applied for some reason Sunday. All right. We are back on the inside of the ledger. So there was there again, there was some more okay stuff to go look at. Um, this one. Uh, the the macro is the love for Jamal Adams, right? Like he he played, I think his best game of the year. I think that's that was you know he's he's he also he's also strung together a couple of nice weeks in a row. Um, now people are are loving the interception because it's kind of funny, right? Like he gets the int big spot. Um, you know he was, su- he was superb in his blitzes. I think he only had three blitzes all day, but each time causing havoc with his blitzes. However, it was a different play that I love the most. This was a ball at the Green Bay eight after a very good punt. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's still quarter one. There's about 235 to go. And there's a play that's a, a little run to the left-hand side. I think it's Jones. I don't think it was Dylan. And Adams shoots in from, you know, from his safety position. And he stands up a blocker. I'm not sure if it was the left guard or left tackle. And I, I did not have time to go back and rewatch this particular play. But he stands up a dude, might even be the tight end. And he blows the guy back a good yard and a half, two yards into, which I think was Jones. Like he blows the play up by moving a much bigger dude back into Jones's lap. And then, you know, Jones gets all staggered, can't go. And he's tackled by somebody else. And you see Adams knew what he did. Adams comes over like this pump, and he knows, he knows he made the play. What a beautiful play. Just, just circle that one, go rewatch like how a safety is supposed to go do what a safety has got to go do to like, understand that this guy is his blocker. He could try to go around him, try, you know, but he's like, no, I'm going to go through him. And he did. He won that one-on-one battle. Beautiful play and sets up, I think, uh, a little bit later, I think uh, the Packers end up punting from pretty deep in their territory. So want to give the love to Adams. He showed out, played a really, really good game. And that was a super cool play. Yeah, I like that we're to the point to where when Jamal Adams has a good game, it's inworthy. Sure. I mean, it's like, I hear you, but I, when I say quickly, Yes, but that's also why it wasn't like, you know, the inter- even without the interception. Yeah. This play this play was already on the ledger. You know, this this play was this the play was the thing if you will, right? So he um, deserves to be called out for this play because yes, it is it's one of those ones where it's exceptional. Uh even even for his position and his uh the amount of money that he's making and because you know, we we would call out Bobby Wagner if he did something spectacular course. that are that you know, you don't see kind of out of the the usual course of amazing Bobby Wagner plays, right? Exactly. Exactly it. And didn't hurt that, 
you know, Adams has been ragged on for quite a bit, right? Oh, yeah. And he, you know, he does have that major contract and he took the football to the face, right? So a couple of weeks ago versus versus uh, Roethlisberger, that could have iced the game. So yes, those things, those things are in the psyche and they create, they create a bias, if you will, on one side to say, hey, I want, I want to give it to him. And the play stood alone. Like the cheese stands alone. Well, the Packers can go screw, but the play stood alone. So love that from Adams. I mean, Anything the, else? The, the cool thing was is that Adams, he had that moment. He had the interception. Yes. He led the team in the number of quarterback hits. He was the only guy with two. He was a multi-tool in this game, and it was it was good to see him dabble in all those areas, which is kind of what I think as Seahawks fans we expected to get uh, from Jamal Adams. That's a great point. Like, you know, you see that statute, I think it was 11 tackles in addition to the stuff you just rattled off. And it's like, yeah, that is the the ultimate disruptive weapon because he likes to be classified as a weapon that we want to see week in, week out. And, you know, we, we, we're we not talking that much overall about the defensive effort, but just quickly on that, the defense was freaking awesome. The defense was really, really good. And I don't, you know, late uh, fourth quarter touchdowns when you have uh, A.J. Dillon smashing it in from the, the two and the three yard line. Listen, do I want Bobby Wagner to make that tackle? Yes, I do. But they're freaking gassed, man. Like they've been out there the entire game, like two thirds of the game time possessions for the Packers. So it's just what do you expect? It can only sustain so long. And if you can't put points on the board and help out your defense, well, this is the result that we got. All right, this was called out quite a bit in the From the Flock section. I think you had called this out. I think it might maybe Phil Light had called it out as well. Mr. Phil, the protector from Seahawks, what if? They'll, we'll be recording on, I think, Thursday this week to, to prepare for the Arizona Cardinals game, which I hope everybody listens to because those, those are a ton of fun. The big thing here was we did get the Packers to punt several times from like within their 20, within sometimes within their you know, 15, 10-yard line. and. I've been calling for it. I think you've agreed that we have some more dynamic players out there that could return kicks and could return punts. And watching Freddie Swain fair catch things at the 49-yard line with nobody about maybe dead straight ahead of him, maybe a good 15 yards, and then flanked to each side. Maybe he's got about eight eight yards, 10-yard separation of Packers, and he fair catches the ball when we're having problems moving the football with a quarterback who is clearly not at his best that day. It's inexcusable. It is just, it is, it's, it is not okay. And it cannot be, oh, well, it's not okay. It's not okay. So that's the out though, Brandon. I can't, I can't say it's okay. I can't, who was it a couple of years ago for the Seahawks that only for you know, fair caught the ball? It was a Brian. Yeah, it was Brian Walters. And Walters. Yeah, so that, I, I think the, the Freddie Swain punt return here, I, I think this has to be the uh, the B.I.G. hypnotize out uh, because he must have Pete Carroll hypnotized into, into thinking that he is somehow going to break one of these punts one day. It's either that or they're OK with him playing super conservative. Brian Walters just catch the ball, which doesn't make any sense because we know what Brian Walters like athleticism level was, right? I think that was the year they actually tried. That might've been the same year where they tried Earl Thomas for week one. And he, <laughs> right. he, he never met He never, he, he didn't know that you could fair catch a ball. Uh, so they're like, All right, let's never do that again, which was the right decision. But you know, Freddie Swain is a, is a 
okay wide receiver. He's he's shown his ability to turn corners on jet sweeps. You know, he's he's just got to do better. So I just wonder if it's like, hey, secure the ball. That's that's what you got to do, and don't take any chances. Or if it's Freddie just just not being nearly as aggressive as he's got to he be. Doesn't in look comfortable back there. There's been too many times where he he just he doesn't catch it cleanly. And so I think there's there's got to be so much focus that's going into the idea of catching it cleanly where that should be that should be secondary. You should you you shouldn't have to think about how to catch the football like that should just be what you do. And so then you're thinking about, am I going to return it? Which direction am I going to turn it? Am I going to fair catch this? There's a lot of stuff that goes into that moment as you're trying to process everything. And it feels like the the most pressing thing for him is the concentration aspect of catching the ball. It's it's frustrating. You know, it's very evident when you put somebody back there who's not comfortable at all, right? I mean, listen, catching punts is hard. I've tried it. I played high, I played you know quote unquote high school football. I played on a team. It's hard. Catching punts is hard. However, we're at this, this level of elite athletics. Um, you're right. It, it should be just the, the can of corn on the routine stuff where it's like, yeah, I, I got your, your confidence level has to be so high that you're cool with, you know, you're not thinking about making a mistake because catching the part on a routine or routine punt is not that difficult for these elite athletes. That's what they do. And they've got to be in that, that offensive mode right away. And we're not seeing it. We're not seeing it. So I will go back to the idea that we have more weapons on this team who have done these things at high, high levels, like Trey Brown, for instance, who we're not seeing get a chance. It's hurting us. And I don't know how much longer we allow this to happen, especially in a game where we know it's going to be close. We know you can tell it's going to be like a, a slog fest. Every friggin' yard matters. And we didn't take advantage of it. It was super disappointing. I am just disappointed that I was not able to work and regulate into one of these outs. <laughs> well, we, we can do some more outs later. It's okay. There's plenty to talk about. I think the entire from the flock might be a little, uh, you know, do, little we regulate a, do we need from, to regulate there? From, yeah. Nate Dogg and Warren G. No, no doubt about it. There, there's a posse in there and there's a theme about, uh, about the negativity this week. We do have one more in and I'm going to gonna forewarn uh, the entire you know world here and say it's an in. I will celebrate the in, and don't be surprised if this goes to negative town because because of the type of thing we're talking about. I'm going to be talking about the Will Disley tight end drag route that went for big yards. Everett had his touches. The Will Disley play nicely drawn up. You mentioned earlier the Metcalf slant, not the not the most accurate pass, however, catchable, catchable, and, and still should be caught. Beyond the tight end stuff, if your name wasn't Everett or Disley, there was nothing besides that one pass to, to Metcalf that I could remember. There was nothing short over the middle. There was the sideline, deep stuff, or deep, you know, deep middle trying to trying to uh, get between two safeties, which was which was uh, which was tough. Or between a cornerback and a safety on the locket uh, interception in the end zone later in the game. Um, the Disley drag play was really really nicely drawn up and obviously created space, beautifully done, beautifully executed. I will put the caveat of the sidecar on there and say, where the heck was more of that knowing the situation that Russ clearly was in? So I guess in great design play, love seeing Uncle Will get into the into the flat and turn it up field, out for the idea that why not more of that? Where was that throughout the game? Because we clearly had to do something more than what we were doing, which looked like 2020 second half Seahawks 
let's just run it to the sidelines and throw the ball deep. And Russ was 20 of 40 as a result and not good enough. Yeah, the end to me here is the idea of hitting any kind of receiver in stride uh, with with the football short. Because when you saw that in this game, a, a lot of the successful passing plays, it was hitting guys while they were moving on short passes. Like you said, why you didn't do more of that. Those those were the successful plays when Russell Wilson was throwing the ball in this game. Yeah. Uh, and taking it back to hate to talk more about the Niners. I know Debo is a really good talent. But we got guys like Debo. They're, they're different, right? They're different, different types of players. We we didn't see D Eskridge. D Eskridge gets out there for like one two snaps one, and one snaps. little pop pass. Yeah, the little little jet sweep where it's like it's the most obvious thing. Oh, he's on the field. Cool. You know, you're gonna do. Th- it's like bringing you know uh, the refrigerator Perry out. It's like what are you gonna do with 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 you know William the refrigerator Perry? Oh, you're gonna give him the ball at the one yard line. Okay, try and stop him. We bring out Disley for two snaps, and one of them is the obvious obvious thing. It's like it just it, mind melding, mind boggling. I, I would like to see. I do not think Russ's finger is very healthy. I think the Anything 25, 30 yards downfield is going to be difficult for him to be accurate and on time, which that's his game. Let's be fair. So as we cut into Arizona or Arizona cuts up to us next week, we, uh, we need, we absolutely to win the game. We're going to need way more of that kind of stuff over the middle. And I'm just afraid we're not going to get it. Russell Wilson's finger is healthy enough. I saw enough against the Packers with Russell Wilson throwing the ball that I don't need any discussion about seeing Geno Smith on the field until Russell's finger is perfectly 100% healthy. He ran the football. He pulled it down and made decisions when he needed to. It wasn't hurting him that way. It, it, I guess it was hurting in term enough that they wanted to avoid being under center. That's fine. I just, I needed to see more variance in the types of throws. I, I didn't, to me, it was it was either a mix of play calling and, or Russell's decision making and, you know, whether or not he calls the plays, he decides where to go with the football. And so I yeah, I I don't have any kind of criticism that that Russell shouldn't be out there on the field. I'm mostly with you on that in the sense that I think Russ can go play and Russ and, and injured Russ is still going to be. Likely just as good, if not better than Gino, like nine out of 10 times. That's fine. Uh, I do think, I, I do think strongly that the deep stuff and again, 25, 30 yards downfield, he's, he's lost some accuracy as of right now. And he's lost a little velocity. It just takes a little bit longer to get there. Not quite as much zip. I mean, and on the that ball. could have to do with wearing that device on your finger too, which totally, I mean, which is totally you, fine. you have to think but, that it's going to have some kind of impact. Hundred percent, and that's why I think we're we're in violent agreement that it's like cool. Then where is the stuff over the middle? Why the week before could Lockett sit down in zones and get get the amount of targets he gets and work the middle and just do Tyler Lockett things, which is like doing Doug Baldwin things, which is like you know doing even like Cole Beasley type things where you're just you're you're better than the guy covering you. You could find a pocket and then boom, the ball the ball's in your gut, and we didn't see any of that or when we did see a little bit of it it was like oh that works let's never do that again and <laughs> that's a bad way to, to to govern a team so it, that by the way that was the final in right that, so we successfully that, turned the in into an out well done in this in this game when it's 17 nothing we freaking deserve to turn that in that into an out because uh it's because it's frustrating you know and 
We do have the from the flock section. Let's get to that. We got to mosey on through this in a few minutes. And as we get ready for the Arizona game, my big hope, which is also the other side of fear, is that we just see more of using over the middle. We have to do it. All right, let's get on to the from the flock. If you want to become a member of the flock, you can go to getintheflock.com. $3 a month will get you into our Discord. That's where you can leave your ins, leave your outs. You can also tweet at Clinton Bond on Twitter using the hashtag 3i30. I think I nailed it, Clinton. I think I think I got the pitch out. You got it out there straight straight away in time. And it was cool. We saw I saw a bunch of new faces, a couple of new faces out on Twitter, and then Discord was blowing up, and then some and and of course some people coming in from Facebook. And we even had somebody sneak into our DMs on Twitter <laughs> sending a three and three out. So we had four different avenues that we've received, uh, you know, ins and outs this week. So we'll start off here. I'll start. We got, I think, I think Gecko was new, but at Gecko HTR out on Twitter, he goes big out for Dwayne Brown. Dude has been a revolving door so far this season. He gives a bonus out to Shane, the main brain for just basically a non-existent offense. I agree with both those things in the sense that, you know, Dwayne didn't look good. He had, he had merciless beating, beating him routinely. I know Dwayne was, was then hurt. And hopefully he's back sooner than later. He's still by far our best left tackle option. But but to be fair, Dwayne has not had a great year so far. He, he hasn't had a great year. But outside of this game and the Vikings game, I can't pick a game to where I, I say that he just didn't that he didn't play well enough that, you know, kind of up to, to standards. Now, there's been a, a miss here and there, which sure. I think, uh, yeah, a dude can have a bad game here and there, people. I mean, and it sounds on, like it's, it sounds like it's just against the NFC Norris there, the NFC North. Yeah. So if it's just against them, maybe we could live with watch that. out All bears right. and lions. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Bailey on Twitter at Bailey Lilborn says this game deserves six outs. Allow me to provide a few out stupid penalties like throwing a shoe. That was dumb. That yep. that keep Green Bay drives alive out throwing deep shots into double coverage. Why out of the play calling as a whole? On offense, I see zero of that 2020 Rams offense. Yes, frustrating. Uh, good points across the board by Bailey there. Who throws um, the shoe? Honestly. On, on, honestly, honestly, who throws the shoe, right? Which was just, yeah, we, we very, very frustrating. You obviously gives them a first down and, and uh, just, you know, enough. We had enough time, hard time with the refs give it, giving away yardage and taking away yardage from us that we certainly didn't need that from Dunlap. It was bizarre. But we'll roll on. Chris Farnsworth out on Twitter at Chris Farn War 14 in Jamal Adams has played his ASS off today. We covered that. I agree. Adams was everywhere. Ryan B at 14 underscore Ryan B says out Freddie Swain calling for two fair catches with lots of room in a game where four yards feels like 40. Come on, man. Yep. And Aaron Ashby, Ash, Ash Beetle seven had the same exact vibes. He Swain has to go. He can't just fair catch every punt and keep, keep his role there. So we talked about that. That was, that was an out, but it, but it wanted to throw that in there because got to agree. I mean, everybody's agreeing with Chris as he comes in once again, saying, uh, giving an out to the trash referees across the board that there was, there was like levels of egregiousness uh, where you could be like, all right, I could see that this way or see that that way. I actually thought the Kevin King interception, man to man, I think that's an interception, uh, all the way over to how in the world do you call Damian Lewis for holding when he just got trucked by a guy? When, when, when he got trucked, yeah. The, the, well, okay. How, 
The, I, you know, you know that's, if that's I'm going to concede one penalty, it were in that penalty, but one call, it would be the I will give the Packers simultaneous possession with Aaron Rodgers hands on the football at the same time as Daryl Taylor. I'll, I'll look if simultaneous possession is a thing, then the Packers have to give up the correctly called Hail Mary. They can they <laughs> yes. can have the Aaron Rodgers fumble there. I suppose that's fair. To be fair, that, the, the the broadcast them trying to call it the fail Mary, but also trying to make sense of that call standing of Daryl Taylor was kind of fun. Yeah, it was kind of annoying as well. Uh, not annoying is Derek Williamson, Derek with a K, and then W. I think it's an O or maybe a zero. But out on Twitter as well, he goes Pete punting on that fourth and inches and no challenge. Um, you know, just it's it's a, for Derek. He's talking about the winning mentality and not seeing it this season. So again, we talked about that specific play. And Derek, I think you're right, man. It's it's it was was it was so frustrating to not have the gumption to just freaking go for it. Okay, that's a lot of outs. So Josh DeHuman in the Discord is saving us here with some ins and into green with that sack. He had the one sack on Aaron Rodgers, finally coming into his own. Into Diggs with holding the line, keeping the Packers out of the end zone and setting up for the Crosby missed kick. And in, Rush showing that he still has legs and is a great scrambler. Still the magician. Absolutely. We're going to go right to design Pete's beach house. Amy in the Discord within Diggs laying in the wood. Pay that man. I think she's talking about that play where he comes He comes out of the safety position and really, really hits Yeah, that last Devontae play Adams. of the first quarter, I believe. Yeah, he knocks Devontae Adams backwards. A little wide receiver screen. Beautiful play. Diggs has continued to be, I think, our most consistent defender, you know, for the year, bar none. Christopher, Beast Mode 24 in the Discord, in Pete throwing the red challenge flip phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That well, was comedy relief. Comedy relief. Jason Bonnert had the phantom holding call we just talked about. Exactly right. Also, Car Car. It was Car Car. It was Delwyn down in Australia. And it was, it was Christopher, Beast Mode, all given Jamal Adams, varied love and exceedingly so like we we agree jamal had a really really strong game fun to watch and we want to see we want to see that every single week because that is fun jamal really fun jamal okay so jamal adams apparently is turning on an iron and beast mode 24 in discord says clinton that you know what this means i must ask you yeah he, he tweeted about this the other day when it was when i was like i was talking about Diggs kind of being a bad i think it's like the equivalent of like a bad man okay. or something like that uh, cause I being, being complete and, um, you know, where it's like, Hey, INTs are, are the glory thing, but Diggs brings his hat every single week. And he's like, Oh, in Germany, we call that this. So I'm, a, my assumption is like complete or just hard headed or just something of that nature where it's like, yeah, you don't mess with that dude. So you don't mess with the Iron Josh Nehuman in Rashim green, applying the pressure to help Jamal Adams get the INT. Very nice to call that Rashim because Oh, oh, eyebrows over there. He also had the uh, the symbiotic sack early in the game where he got we got the he got the only sack and that was a nice rush on Rogers. So great job, Delwin hits a, hits us up with you know who throws a shoe. Honestly, once again, uh, and then we go to Jason Bonner. Jason is defending DK, or at least I would say maybe not defending DK. Wrong term. More likely just empathizing with DK, being like, hey, I'm in the minority here, but he doesn't have a problem with the way that. DK is pissed off after a loss. And I got to say, I'm with Jason. I think, Brandon, I think you are as well. Because I think you he I saved think it for the end this time. It, it had no impact on the game of, of him, you know, getting to getting and mixing it up with with the Packers here. He waited. He saved it to the end. 
Yep, absolutely. And talking of the end, sorry, folks, I've got to cut this short this week because I got some family obligations I got to take care of and we've reached the hour. There was others we wanted to get to. I promise we'll do, we'll do better. We'll do better next week to get through to all of them. Brandon, as we head, as Arizona heads up our way in the Pacific Northwest, what are you looking forward to? And, and how do we win? How do we just go get a W versus what is seemingly a better Arizona team right now? Uh, if, if you're saying they're better, didn't they just get destroyed by the Panthers? So, uh, yeah, I, I think we just have to expect that and hope that maybe we get more of that team by the Cardinals. So sign, we have to sign Cam, Cam, uh, gotta, gotta Cam. sign Cam Newton. <laughs> gotta sign Cam. Okay. Yeah, we already got the got- college coach, so that's fine. Um, <laughs> let's see what I, the, and the defense is playing at, at a high level. So I, I, I do like that the level that, uh, we're seeing of play that we're seeing from the defense. Keep, keep that up. All right. We could do those things. We could do those things. We gotta go get one of these, one of these W's before we hit this somewhat soft patch. Hey, Never, never been a better time than right now. So let's start next week with a W versus these stupid Redbirds. And with that, there's only one thing left to say. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.